so thankful to be here this morning. So glad that you were able to be here and join us, those of you that are online. There's nothing better than the presence of the Lord. We're getting ready, church, for great things that God has in store for us today and in the future. God is getting the church, the bride, ready because he's coming back for a church that's without spot or wrinkle. We've been praying for a couple years for God to move in us individually and corporately and in our community. And for those of you that have been watching online and watching the Asbury revival, God is answering those prayers of many students across this country, and it's beginning to spread in either other countries. And um, I don't know about you, it excites me. We need, we are in desperate need of God's presence. We're done with doing church. We're done with checking in and out. <laughs> We've come to meet him. And God has a mandate on our lives, church, because there are so many people around us that don't know him. They don't know his love. They don't know his forgiveness. And God has called us to go to them and show his love, his care, his kindness, his goodness. To be able to pray and then get healing. To be able to pray and strongholds be broken off. Addictions gone in the name of Jesus. We have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it on our own, right? There's nothing that we have to offer apart from God. And so I just want to challenge us and encourage us, church, to be in our word. I know we are. Be praying more than ever before. Join us in the different times of prayer that we have available. Come with heart of repentance. Walk in humility. And as we do that in 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek his face, repent, and turn from their wickedness. Then I will heal their land. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so if that can be our position individually, right? Jesus, start here with me. Revival starts here in our hearts individually. May we continue to see God move. May we continue to see and believe and pray for miracles and deliverance. Right? And he's going to do it because he loves us. He loves this world. He sent his son to die on the cross for our sins so we wouldn't have to pay the price. Amen? So we need to get ready, keep preparing ourselves. So today I want to talk to you about Shaped for Significance. This is the series that we have been in, and today I'm going to talk about being shaped by God. Each one of you that are here, that are hearing my voice, have a purpose, have a plan, and have a destiny. You are not here by accident, no matter what your mind tells you, no matter what things that you deal with that make you feel like you're less than. If you have breath in your lungs, 
There's a plan and a purpose for you. And it's not your own purpose. It's an eternal purpose. It's a kingdom purpose. There's a quote that says, what I am is God's gift to me. What I do with it is my gift to him. You can't travel too far around and realize that God loves variety. We can look in this room right now, across this room, and there is none of us that look the same. We all come in all sizes and shapes and colors. We all come from different places, different backgrounds, different levels of education. We are all a variety, and we all reflect Christ. We were made in the image of Jesus, in the image of God. And that should help us love one another to a greater degree. Because when we look at each other, we can say, you know what? You're a reflection of the image of God. And I love you for that. Do you know that in one cubic foot of snow, which, thank God, right? For whatever reason, Ohio is, <laughs> we're getting away from the winter. I don't know. But this is incredible. Today's supposed to be like 50-some, and hopefully we're going to go play some pickleball. But isn't this incredible to be like towards the end of February and we don't have piles of snow? But in one cubic foot of snow, there are 18 million snowflakes. I'm just going to say that again. I think you missed that. In one cubic foot of snow, there's 18 million snowflakes and not one of them are alike. Come on. That's what a designer. What an incredible God. Like, you go, well, why is that really even necessary that they're all different? Because he likes variety. He likes variety in people, too. How many have ever been in an airport and you're waiting because your plane's delayed? It's been a lot lately. And you sit and you watch people. Anybody people watcher? Yeah, me too. Isn't it so interesting? Like, God has made us all so different, and some of that difference a little different, you know, right? But how fun it is to watch how people are interacting and what they're doing while they're waiting. Variety. God has created us for significance. And if you realize, he didn't create us for success. Often... We want that, right? We want to pursue success, whatever that might look like. Maybe that's top education. Maybe that's making a lot of money, having a position, having people look at us. We think, oh, wow, I've arrived. I'm successful. I want to challenge you. May we be men and women of significance, something that matters, something that's eternal, that we would live for, that we would become, right? We are created for that significance, for that purpose, so let's pray as we get into the word today. Father, we do honor you. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence. And Lord, we just ask that as we get into your scripture, we pray that you would enlighten truth to us. Father, that you would challenge us, show us places in our heart and life where we are so far from your plans, your intended purpose. God, we pray healing. We pray that you would just open us up to more of you in this moment, in this holy moment, God. Thank you for giving us your written word. We don't take it for granted. God, I pray that we would continue to have a hunger for more of your word, that daily bread 
we would dive into your truth, your love letter to us so that we can know you more. So Lord, in this moment, open our ears, open our hearts, speak to us individually today. We thank you, Father, in your precious name. Amen. Pastor Rick Warren, uh, he quotes this. He says, God gave me a gift to benefit you. God gave you a gift to benefit me. If you don't use your gift, you're depriving me. And if I don't use my gift, then I'm depriving you. We are the body of Christ. God has brought us together, not even just our church, all the churches, the big C. We are the body of Christ, and we are here for one another. That's how we were made. That is the purpose, is to be in each other's lives, in relationship with each other, encouraging one another, walking with one another, praying for one another, coming alongside when they move or when there's a situation at the hospital and we have to pray or when there's a baby or a marriage or whatever it is. We walk with, we're in life together. We need each other. The enemy is the one that tries to come and tell us that, oh, we're good. We don't need anybody. We got it all on our own. We got it taken care of. That independence, that is not God's spirit. God is a God that brought us into community, made us for community and for family and for desperate need for him. Amen. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 139. Uh, We're going to look at verses 13 through 16. There's some foundational truths about who we are in these couple scripture verses, and I want us to take a look at that. I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. Psalm 139, verse 13 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. Now, I know that is a familiar scripture verse. Most of you probably really know that. But boy, we, we pass through these truths as if it doesn't matter. The king of the universe, our God who created all things, knows you. Before you ever came to be, he knew you, created you, designed you. We are his, mark, his workmanship. Before you were born, Think about this for a moment. He saw you. He knows you. How beautiful is that? To really sit there and go, wow, that's pretty overwhelming. That he would take the time and care enough to want to know his creation that way. Every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. From this passage, these couple verses, there's a couple things I want us to look at. Number one is this. We are unique. You are unique. There's nobody like you, and there never will be. 
God broke the mold when he made you. There are no copycats. There are no multiple folks that are alike. That's fascinating. God only creates originals. And we're unique. If we're to search the world, you wouldn't find two people who have the same footprint, the same fingerprint, the same voice print. Even our identical twins, Chuck and I, the girls are identical, but yet they are very unique. They are not the same, even though they look the same. They have different personalities, different things they like to do, different ways of smiling. I mean, so different. So even in those that look alike, they're unique, and God made it that way on purpose. Why do you think he did that? Why do you think he'd go to all that work and all that attention? The point that I want you to realize is this. It's because he loves you. And he wants you to grasp that. He wants you to get that. He wants you to know how desperately he loves you. The other thing that I want us to look at from the scripture is that we are wonderfully complex. I like how it put wonderfully in front of that complex part makes it more like positive but it's true we are wonderfully complex how many of you married somebody who is wonderfully complex anybody okay i'm sure everybody that's married probably has their hand up right how many of you have some friends or people in your family that are wonderfully complex right okay right we know that we are wonderfully created complex (laughs) have you ever said something that later on you were like why did i say that What in the world's going on? (laughs) Have you ever felt a certain way and then later you were like, okay, why did I feel that way? Like, what is wrong with me? Right? Sometimes we're a mystery to ourselves even. (laughs) Well, the reason why sometimes you have those feelings or think that is because we're different. We all don't think the way that everybody else thinks. And there's nothing wrong with that. Actually, God created you to be significant and unique and complex on purpose because he needs what you have to bring. Right now in culture right now, where we are at in the world, God doesn't need 10 of Michelle. He needs one, but he needs a whole lot of all of you individually who you are doing what God has called you to do in your world of influence, in your area that you live, in the place that you work. God needs you, not anybody else. And see, what what happens is the enemy comes in to steal, kill, and destroy, and he tries to tell us all the things that we're not. We're not good enough. Oh, you know what? You made that mistake last week. God doesn't love you. God can't forgive you. You know, whatever the voices are from the time you were little. Not good enough, not smart enough, not pretty enough, dot, dot, dot. Fill in your blanks. You know what they are. That's the enemy. The Bible says we need to take captive those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. Get them out of your mind. Get them out of your heart. Get into the truth so you know who you are. When you know your identity, it doesn't, nothing else matters. When you know who you are in Christ, the world can come at you, and you're like, you know what? <laughs> Jesus is my Savior. I'm getting behind him, so good luck. But you got to know that you know who you are, whose you are. Our DNA is that of Jesus Christ. We are made in his image, every single one of us. We need to grab a hold of that and not let go. 
no matter what comes at us. Amen? The other thing that we learned from just these couple of scriptures, we were shaped for a purpose. And I'm not talking about our actual body, okay? Like our shape. I'm talking about how God created us. It was on purpose. The Bible says this, God created everything on purpose and for a purpose. You're not here by accident. Some of you need to hear that. You're not just taking up space until you die. If you have breath in your lungs, there's a destiny and a purpose for you. God made you for a reason. You were designed by God, and it was his idea to make you, you. I used to struggle with that. Growing up, I had a lot of insecurities. I was short, stubby arms, not the smartest person in the world, came from a broken family, struggled to even think that somehow, some way God could use this mess, somehow. For many years, I let the enemy work that to his good. Until finally, through prayer and counseling and lots of years, I was able to overcome that and to be able to receive my identity in Christ, who I am, whose I am. And I'll tell you, not that there aren't days that I don't struggle, because I do, but there's nothing greater than knowing whose I am. And, and with that, I have all the access to heaven. Everything that our Father has, he has given to his children. And it's just our job to receive that and to walk in that. And I continue am learning that. I don't have it all figured out. But I know that I'm his child. And I know with that comes favor and blessing. Amen? Amen. It's the same for you. I don't know where you are today on that scale. You might really still be struggling with who you are. And I promise you, if you can get in with the Lord, get in prayer, allow yourself to receive that identity. It already is there. It's already built in. Your DNA is already his. But letting the world, letting the labels, letting all of the stuff in the past, letting that all fall off and just get your identity at the cross. This is who I am. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a daughter or son. And with that, I have all authority in heaven. Amen? I can pray and people are healed and cast out demons in the name of Jesus. When we know who we are, we walk in that power and that authority, and that's what we're going to need where we are in this culture, you guys. It's what we're going to need as a church, to walk in the power in the name of Jesus. And with that, you got to know who you are. Amen? So this is for all of us today as an encouragement. Your uniqueness is what God wants to offer to the world. I'm going to say this again. Your uniqueness. I used to call it weirdness. I used to feel weird. You know, I just didn't fit in with everybody. Until I realized God wanted to use that. He wanted to use every part of who I am. The good, the bad, and all the in-between. And then if I would just offer it to him, like the little boy with the loaves and the fish, all right, Lord, I don't have much. But what I do have that you gave me. I'm going to give it back to you. And you can break it, bless it, and get to feeding people. This is what God has called all of us to. I want to read a really quick story. 
about Mother Teresa. It says this, when she visited Australia one time several years ago, a young man was assigned to be her guide during her stay. He was thrilled at the prospect of being so close to such a godly woman. But he became frustrated over time because even though he was constantly near her, he never had the opportunity to talk with her because there were always other people around. When her tour was over, she was scheduled to fly to New Guinea. In desperation, this young man came up with a plan and said to Mother Teresa, if I pay my own fare to New Guinea, can I sit next to you on the plane so I can talk and learn from you? Mother Teresa looked at him and asked, you have enough money to pay for airfare to New Guinea? Oh, yes, he replied eagerly. She said this, then you give that money to the poor, she said. You'll learn more from that than anything I can tell you. Wow. Right? Powerful. What I am is God's gift to me. What I do with it is my gift to him. God is asking us, what are we doing with our gift? What are you doing with your destiny and your purpose? Is it all about you or is it really about his kingdom? And that's our challenge today, church. We got to move from here to kingdom and our perspective and our pursuits in our goals. He's got to be that number one place. So we're going to talk really quickly about five parts of my God-given shape. And this uh, study really comes from Pastor Rick Warren. It's where I, I grabbed some of the ideas. And it's just, it's really easy. And it's going to use the acronym SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E. All right. The first one is this is the S, right, which is spiritual gifts, all right? We've all been given spiritual gifts, amen? So turn with me to Romans chapter 12, and we're going to read about these spiritual gifts. Romans 12, 6 through 8. Now listen, this is going to kind of prep us. What we're going to talk about today is going to prep us for next month because we are going to be talking about spiritual gifts in depth next month how to discover them, how to deploy them. We're going to have an assessment that you guys can take so that you can know, not 100%, but give or take, where are you at in these giftings that God has given us? Because we need to know where we're gifted so that we can then be responsible and use those gifts to God's glory. Amen? Amen. All right, Romans 12, 6 through 8 says this. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, it says speak out as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, Take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Each of us have been given different gifts according to God and what he wants for us in our lives. None are greater than the other. We're all a variety, so God's going to give us a variety of gifts for the purpose of the church working together. All right? 
Our staff, our ministry staff, and our board is made up of many different types of people, types of leaders that God has brought with a multitude of varying gifts because we need all of them for the glory of God to be able to minister to the whole. Amen? So spiritual gifts matter, and every believer has at least one. All right, so you have at least one. So you might have, uh, you know, multiple, but everybody has at least one gift that God has given them. And every time that you do something with that and you do it well, you are revealing your giftedness to the world. Isn't that great? We've been given gifts, and God expects us to use those gifts for his glory and his purposes. Amen. So the S is for spiritual gifts. H is heart, all right, our heart. It's what drives you. It's what motivates you. It's passion, right? All of us have motivations, different drives, different interests, different things that make our heart just go, I love that. Would you agree that there are some things you care about deeply and there are other things that you don't, right? Absolutely, and we all have the varying degrees of what those are. Our heart is for different things because, again, we are made so different. And part of a lot of conflict in marriage ends up in this space. Our hearts are so different. Our passions are so different. And so then trying to come together as one is tough. And that's why we have to bring that heart passion to the cross where it becomes level we lay down those preferences and we come to the cross of Jesus. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Let's see what we're doing on time. All right, Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Can't find Philippians. It says this Dear friends, you always have followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with reverence and fear. For God is working in you, all right, he's working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is working in you to give you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That's why it's so important that we pray and ask the Lord, right? Lord, give me your desires, give me your heart, give me your passions. So it drives out the things that, that we want. The way that you discover your heart, what it is, what's the basic motivation of your life is to ask yourself this question, all right? You guys ready? What do you love to do? What is that? What do you love to do? What is it that you think about? What do you dream about? When you're just thinking, where does your mind automatically go to? Those are some questions that, if answered, will tell you where your heart and your passion is. You cannot get away from the basic interest that God has planted in your heart and your life. You are unique to that. He has given that to you for a reason. That should make you feel pretty awesome. That it's unique to who you are. He's given you these gifts and he's given you a heart specifically because there's a reason for it. 
He needs that heart and that passion in the world today. You're not here by accident. Amen? The A is abilities. We talked about that a little bit. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to look at a couple scriptures. Our abilities. We all have them. 1 Corinthians 12, 4, 4 through 11. And we're talking about spiritual gifts here, which again, I'm excited to dive into that next month. You guys with me? You still with me? Okay. You doing good? We got a few minutes left. God is good. All the time, yes. Amen. <laughs> Verse 4 says this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Ha ha. Ding, ding, ding. Spiritual gifts are given to us so that we can help each other, not just wear it around for us so that we can be awesome, you know. Look at me. Look at my spiritual gifts. No. We've been given those gifts to serve in humility. Amen. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Amen? We could use some of that. To another, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another to believe for healing or whatever, right? Amen? And to someone else, that same Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. He alone determines that. He alone grants us these gifts and abilities. There are a lot of people that think, you know, I don't have anything special about me. I don't have an ability. And you may be in the room right now where you're like, I just don't really matter. I'm just taking up air right now. Well, I want to tell you, you've got gifts and abilities and purpose that God has given you to utilize for his good. Amen. Some of you have natural abilities, right? They just come. You're good with numbers. You're really smart. You're good with words. Maybe you're a really good communicator. Some people have a really good ability to just work with people. Some people have an ability with music like none other. Some people have great ideas, right? They can lead, pull teams together. On and on and on, the list really can go. Our abilities are vast because we have a variety of people and God has given them to us for a purpose. Turn with me to Exodus. We're going to the, New, the Old Testament. I love this. Exodus 31. This is just so great because this scripture right here is going to show how God gifts people specifically. Uh, Exodus 31, 1 through 5. 
And then the Lord said to Moses, look, I have specifically chosen Bezael, Bezaeli, I can't even say his name, Bezael, son of Uri, grandfather of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And this is what I love. It says, I have filled him with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold and silver and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. What a description of how God, obviously this is back in the Old Testament, but how amazing the descriptives of what God made him to be. Same for us. He has given us those abilities for a purpose. You're like, well, maybe I can only build things with my hands. Great. That is what God has given you. Maybe you have a love for children and to teach them, and you're like, how can I use this? Everything that we have been given, God wants to use for his purposes. There is a place for you, wherever at, in your influence, for God to use those gifts. That's why you have them. You're responsible to be able to utilize them for, his good, for the good of the Lord. Amen? All right, so the P in shape is our personality. Okay, that's important. Every single one of us have a different personality. We don't have the same personality. But God has shaped us to have that, that way, on purpose. If you struggle with loving yourself, ask the Lord to help. Lord, help me to love who I am to love my personality. Maybe you're an introvert. Maybe you're an extrovert. Maybe you're somewhere in between. Maybe you can bounce out each world, whatever. Ask the Lord to help you to love who you are, how God has shaped you, because he needs you to be okay with that and accept that and then operate that in that in his power. Amen. Personality refers to three things, the way you act, the way you feel, and the way you think. All right, the way you act, the way you feel, and the way you think. The root of your personality is the way you think because the way you think determines the way you feel, and the way you feel usually determines the way you end up acting, right? <laughs> the Bible says the root of your personality is your thought life. It starts in our mind, who we are. Turn with me to Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. It says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Huh. We need to ask the Lord for that help to protect our heart, to guard our heart. Another version says, out of it comes the wellsprings of life. Come out of our heart. Just like in a cup, if a cup has water in it and you bump it, guess what's coming out? Water, right? Same with us. In our heart, if there's stuff that's not pleasing the Lord, if it's not honoring him, things are going to happen in our life and those things are going to come out. And so we need to say, Lord, clean my heart, purify my heart, help get rid of those things that don't honor you and fill me with your love, your grace, your goodness, your kindness, so that when things come, I'm just spilling out your love, spilling out your kindness all over the place, right? That's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. It's like a fountain of love and grace all over the place. <laughs> I had a crazy visual just then. That's funny. 
(laughs) But God wants to use your personality. You get that? God wants to use your personality. You're at the job you are because of a reason. You live on the street that you do in your neighborhood. Finch has just got a new home in Parma. We're so excited about. But we are where we are for a reason beyond just a great house. There's purpose. There's destiny. You're in the family that you're in because God needs you there. Many of us have family that don't know Jesus. Guess what? We're called to pray and love and do all that we can to help them bring them to Jesus, right? The best we can. They have their own decisions and their own choices. But he's put us in those families for that reason. And the last part of the word shape is this, our experiences. God has shaped us with our experiences. God plans experiences in your life to help form and shape you. Romans 8, 28, uh, and I know this in a different version. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to read it from the New Living, or yeah, New Living 8, 28. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Can we say that? And we know that God works all things out for the good for those who are called according to his purpose. Is it well with your soul, what God's doing in your life, (laughs) your experiences that you've gone through? Listen, I know a lot of us have gone through things that have been painful. There's things that you've gone through that have caused devastation and hurt. Sin causes a lot of those things in the world. But God will use those things if we allow him. He'll bring good to those terrible, horrible things if we allow him. He'll use those experiences to grow us, to challenge us, to strengthen us so that we can become who we are. I'm so thankful for the experiences in my life. They have been hard, a lot of them. Hurtful, painful, difficult. But I wouldn't trade any of them because I'm so thankful for who I am today. And I realize and I recognize all those things. A lot of them didn't make sense. A lot of them, I was like, God, what is going on? Why is it this way? But I trusted the Lord with my life, knowing that at some point it's all going to make sense. At some point, this mess turns into a testimony. God wants to use your experiences for his glory. He wants to work through you. So God has given us this shape, right? Spiritual gifts, a heart, abilities, personality and experiences. He's shaped us for a specific purpose, on purpose, for his glory. And it's important that we understand that. It's important that we accept, you know, who we are and what God has done in our life and why we still have breath in our lungs. (laughs) You were created for significance You were shaped by God. When God created Adam, you remember he he bent down, right? And he grabbed dust. And he formed Adam with his hands. 
Every, he created every, all the other living things by his word. But out of his love and care, he formed Adam. And then from Adam, he took the rib and he formed Eve. Our creator loves you so much. Your life matters more than you even realize. And there are people that are connected to your life that need you that need you to just accept who you are, allow God's love to flow through you, and then reach them. Amen? Amen. It matters. So we've got to stop comparing ourselves. Stop looking to the right or left. Oh, I wish I had that gift, or man, I wish... No. What you've been given is on purpose. Self-esteem, we all struggle with. And I believe that God wants to help heal that. He wants to grow us in our self-esteem. And not in a prideful way, but in a humble way. And there are two thoughts as we, and worship team, if you guys would just make your way back up, we're going to end some of our time today in some worship. But there's two truths that really battle against our self-esteem, and it is this. Number one, the truth that you matter to God. All right, soak that in right now. You matter to God. And the second truth is this. You were shaped by God for a purpose, for a reason, not just to take up space, not not because you were an accident, but because God needs you here at this time, in this place, for such a time as this, church. (laughs) We've got work to do. We've got people that need to know the love of Jesus. Ephesians 2 says, 2.10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can go do the things he planned for us to do. All right, I'm going to say that again. Why don't we stand to our feet, and I'm going to read this scripture over you, over us today. Ephesians 2.10. And this is my prayer that you would accept who you are and the, the amazing person that God has shaped you to be. He's shaping you to be, right? We're still all in process until we get to heaven <laughs> from glory to glory, becoming more like Jesus. But we need his help. We need his Holy Spirit in order for that to happen. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. Can you accept that today, that you're a masterpiece? He has created us anew. You are new, a new creation in Christ, in Jesus. No longer who you were before, but you're new in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things. And here's the kicker, that he planned for us long ago so that we can do what God has planned so that we can walk out that purpose for what God needs us to do in this culture right now, in this time, right? Each one of us have that on us today. Will you receive that from the Lord today? Will you allow that identity of Christ as a son or a daughter? Will you accept that once and for all and let it be so? Will you push back the enemy and all his lies? that you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough. 
and accept Jesus' love, his grace, his forgiveness of your sins. You don't have to walk around bound up by strongholds of sin. Jesus died for those on the cross. But we have to come to him in humility saying, I need you, Jesus. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I need to understand the love. I don't understand how you can love me. See, whatever you're coming with right now, whatever you're thinking, God knows. He sees you. He loves you. He wants to heal you. Those places that you don't think you're good enough, he wants to heal you. The past is in the past. You are new in Christ, amen? We need to walk in the truth of who Jesus has said we are. Let's just close our eyes right now in this place. If you're here right now and you recognize that you need God's help in just receiving your identity of his son or his daughter, for whatever reason, it's been hard for you to really agree with that or really to receive that truth. And if you're here right now, I just want to be able to pray for you that you can receive that identity. I'm his son, I'm his daughter. And so if that's you right now, just put your hand up across this place and I wanna be able to pray for you. God wants to heal that. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Hands all over the place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God wants to heal it. Let's pray right now for our brothers and sisters. God, we thank you so much. You see every hand that's been raised. God, we pray right now that you would just come in your might and your power, surround them with your love. God, I pray, Jesus, that a tangible presence of the Lord would just rest on each individual, God, and that they would be able to know your love, sense your love, God, and that it would wash out all of the hurt, the rejection, the things from the past. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, just healing over hearts and minds and over emotions, Lord God. I pray that the enemy would have to flee from their minds in the name of Jesus, Father, and that they are able to receive the love of Jesus in all the glory that it comes with, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for what you're doing right now in hearts and minds, allowing people to receive this grace, receive this identity as sons and daughters. And God, with that, being able to walk in that authority, walk in that victory, walk in knowing what we have at our access. No longer defeated, but walking in victory because of Christ, because Christ in us. So Lord, we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. We love you, God, and we praise you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. 